how we run what's how we run this podcast and then so you guys are ready to go live yep yes don't, don't say anything stupid well it's live <laughs> <laughs> let's give them something to talk about i see the energy running out i got a planet to run around okay okay you ain't do nothing but run your mouth no i don't want to be humble now you doubted me nothing to talk about That's our intro, by the way. I love it. Super official. Yeah. Um, so there's two people on the screen. I know everybody expected one. Sorry that we didn't give marquee status to uh, Debbie Wagner. I think Matt probably felt guilty that she's doing all the work and he's getting all the PR. <laughs> all the FaceTime, yeah. I tried yeah. to get off of it, get out of this. I wasn't right. Lying. You know, I, I suspect he's like, hey, oh, yeah, by the way, I have a podcast. And she gave him that look like, okay, so you're the face of all of this. <laughs> yep. The I'll, look on his face. Yeah, yeah I'll be I'll be <laughs> in here. I'll, I'll be in here in the office doing all the work while you go do your podcast. Uh -huh. Right. And it was about that five-minute notice, just like you were given. <laughs> hey, why don't you come over? Why don't you come over? So then what he's trying to do is appease you right. by, by inviting you in at the last minute. So now yeah. you can't say... You never invite me to these things. You never put me out there. Not, he, you can't say that anymore. So well done, Matt. See, so you got it. You got that in your back pocket. You know, I know. By the way, I know all of these things because I've been married <laughs> for thirty plus years, and, and my wife is kind of the nuts and bolts of the operation here at Diablo. And I'm the front man. I get all the, the. I told her that when I went down to the Broken Science Conference. I'm going. She goes, "Where are you going?" I go down to the Broken Science Conference. What are you doing down there? Well, Greg Glassman and. Savon and Matt Souza and you know all the OGs, Dale King from Doc Spartan, and a number of other OGs are going to be down there. Why are you going down there? She have a little FOMO. Well, no, not really. She, but she's just like, why are you going down there? Well, because you know, I got to see all these people. And I want to see what Greg Glassman's up to. I need to stay in touch with all these things. Okay, and she's, I know what she's thinking. I'll stay here and do. Make sure the gym gets open. Make sure classes get run. And then <laughs> the worst is is on Saturday night, um, one of our coaches wanted to have a movie night and invited, you know, all the teen athletes. Oh, that's right. Turned out there was like about 45, 50 people here for, really? the, for the movie night. Yeah. So my wife, who had come, worked, and then trained, had to stay. Because, you know, you can't, you, you can't have long 50 people loose in your gym. And I'm down at the Broken Science Conference, having having sushi and drinking, <laughs> drinking. So she's adulting, and you're playing. Yeah, pretty much. Uh -huh. yeah. So Matt does the playing, and you do the adulting, Debbie. Yep, that's how pretty it much. works. Yep. <laughs> she took a call literally as we were as you, we were getting ready for this. She took a call from uh, the financial director at the prison just now, just walking. Yeah, yeah you handle that. Yeah, Matt's doing the important podcasting stuff. You got to get the story out. Like people don't right. understand how, how important branding is, and positioning, how yeah, right. are essential to side. But they just don't understand how important it is to shake people's hands and meet and greet and have fun and drink beers and do dinner. Those <laughs> things are essential. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just real quick on the broken science thing, uh, I actually didn't get an invite what i saw was it came up and then i forgot to get an invite or forgot to apply for an invitation i was so, gonna say it was like a sign up for it, yeah it was it? sign up they only were gonna take 100 people 100 people signed oh, okay. up right away one of our members did dana did and then 
Oh, nice. um, and so then I, and so then everybody was messaging me. Oh, a bunch of the OGs were messaging me. Hey, you going? You going? You going? You going? Well, I'm like, well, I didn't really get an invite, and I forgot to ask for an invite. So then I messaged uh, an insider, Emily Kaplan, and she said, "Yeah, absolutely, come down." So it was a cool event. It was great to see the OGs. It didn't go long, um, but I did want to just kind of talk about what the initiative is real quick before we get into the the meat of this presentation. The Broken Science Initiative is an effort by uh, Greg Glassman and uh, his partner in it, uh, Emily Kaplan, to draw attention to the not that science is broken, but the amount of broken science, meaning flawed, essentially, uh, research that is being produced um, on a, on, on a, on a, at an incredible volume of my, or incredible amount, um, and that it's being accepted as science. Or when it is, uh, you know, discovered to be flawed, or misrepresented, or um, even fraud, it's not retracted or erased. It's just simply corrected or anything. No, it's none. It's just simply like allowed to exist, but just kind of because there's so much more new research coming out, new research reports coming out that's just simply forgotten. Uh, but it goes down and on into archives as as science. And then it gets parroted back when it's convenient by various different news organizations and it's exacerbated by social media, um, which, you know, calls it uh, science or the science. And so what they're trying to do is draw attention to uh, true scientific applications um, and making sure that reporting that is done is not consensus science or peer reviewed only, mm -hmm. that it actually follows uh the, the established protocols for um, yep. for for science observational uh, repeatable that's a big part yeah and what's interesting um, uh, and they you know so they they gave up a, a bunch of examples that were just you know again mind-boggling we've seen a lot of this over the last 10 years especially but there's an acceleration in research that's being produced by by uh, professors, by researchers, as a result of institutional pressure, um, mostly educational institutions that are keen on producing um, new research on an ongoing basis because it's how they receive grants um, for the work that they do. Um, so there's an exorbitant amount of research that's, that's, that's being just produced. Like that's one is makes it overwhelming. And the only way they get it validated is they don't get it validated in a traditional sense. They get it validated by having peers review it. And then you get kind of like the check mark of, you know, the, the quality of a of science is measured by the number of people that review it. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily by whether it's accurate or not. Well it was like the NSDA's uh peer reviewed thing about cross it being dangerous. That, that's that right. was a peer reviewed Journal. That's right. Yeah. And, and no one actually looked into whether or not the <laughs> the people that were participating in the study finished the <laughs> finished the actual study, um, whether they followed and, and whether or not they were followed up with afterwards yeah. and found out what actually happened. It's really fascinating um, what's happening in the world of uh, scientific research. And, and what's happening is, is that a study will be done and then it's promoted as fact or science without it being uh, demonstrated as uh, replicatable without mm -hmm. it being able to, to be done again. And there's no control trials done. There's no placebo trials done in, in a lot of cases. So it's really fascinating. And it really, I think it, 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 what I walked away with is be skeptical. Mm -hmm. 
uh, when you see reports, uh, when you see in information or advice about how a drug is saving lives. For example, today in my news feed, you know, I read a report that AstraZeneca has launched a new drug that after having lung cancer surgery, after having surgery, you have to have had the cancer removed. Um, there's that you, this drug gave you a 50% less chance of dying within five years after. So I like, oh, wow, that sounds amazing. And they're touting this as like, let's, let's get this to the market as quick as possible. Standard. Yeah. 621 people in India that had this surgery and then afterwards were given this drug. What they found out was it was fascinating because I read the results. I'm like, man, how do they get to these numbers? And it was 68 people or 60, I'm sorry, 68% of the people after having this drug for five, after having five years after having surgery had lived, had survived. 32% obviously died. The people that were given the placebo. So I'm thinking this is going to be right. So you do half of that. The people that were given placebo was 58 people. Or 58 percent. I'm sorry, 58 percent of people survived with that with just the placebo. And so there's literally the, a difference of 10 percent of people. And and yet there's no and there was no data in terms of lifestyles, whether or not mm -hmm. they stayed on the medication on an ongoing basis. All the other variables, right? Whether they excluded. changed changed their diet, whether they were away from moved out of the area they were living in, mm -hmm. whether there was other pollutants or particles in the air, like all all of those things weren't included in the information that was being published it was very fast so now i'm turning into the ultimate skeptic which i was already kind of <laughs> was kind of a tinfoil hat skeptic anyway i know <laughs> but it but just the, reinforces your but anyway your so if anyone it. wants to know what the broken science initiative is that's what they're doing they're really trying to draw attention all they're trying to do is make science better yeah um, get rid of shit science yeah or get shit word of get rid of shit work that calls itself science and potentially mostly is industry funded science yeah oh yeah that's right industry funded well that was that's the other reason for the exorbitant amount of research it's being done and in science that's being done is you yeah. have a lot of corporations with vested interests in that research that are running their own studies and that are they're running their own studies and then uh, giving money to the colleges and universities to do those yeah. studies mm -hmm. yep big pharma that's what the broken science initiative is and in, in really kind of layman's are they doing more uneducated of those, terms? Are they doing more of the broken science conferences? Yes, they're going to do them around the country. They're okay. slowly kind of increasing those. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. We we went to one. They had one in uh, Hillsdale College, Hillsdale, mm -hmm. Hillsdale College, Michigan, um, about three months ago or four months ago that we went up to. Um, so it was uh, it was Greg, and then there was he had another he had a doctor with him. Uh, one of the individuals, I think he. Uh, tours a lot with and does these larger broken science reviews. Um, it was, yeah, it was, it was a great evening. Um, but yeah. we, we roll in, everyone's dressed up. Everyone's oh, dressed except up. Except for the CrossFitters, right? Yeah. Everyone. No, no. Even the CrossFitters were dressed up. Oh, except boy. for Our Carla. this guy. So I, I roll in in a t-shirt and sweatpants at a, <laughs> at a, a dinner that had white cloth white cloth tabletops they had the wine glasses the champagne the, i mean full service from front just you know front to end greg was in a, a sports jacket everyone was dressed up except for this dude it was the hillsdale College, college club. So yeah, all the retirees club. came back all dressed oh man oh yeah so think like kennedy's and yeah. then yeah i roll in and t-shirt and sweatpants yeah right on dude i mean you thought you were going to a crossfit thing right 
what do you do? <laughs> you know, it is challenging. That said, it is challenging with CrossFit events. You never know how to dress because, like, you could yeah. end up you could end up going somewhere and end up having to do a workout. Yeah, right? I always yeah. wear clothes that like I can make a quick switch and, and work because you never know. Or just have some pants, like some jeans that have some stretch that you can yeah. squat in and not blow out the bottom. <laughs> yes. When Dale walked out in a button-down shirt, I knew we were in trouble. Yeah, Dale King was there. Uh, oh, he Dale, was in yeah. I was like, what oh, are you doing? Perfect. Great. I, saw Dale, I saw Dale King. Uh, to, uh, I saw him this weekend. He was down there. That's cool. Um, anyway, that's not, uh, why we had you on. I just wanted to talk about that just in case anybody wanted to know what the Broken Science Initiative was. Um, we... Uh, Matt Schindeldecker and I have known each other probably you know five years, maybe longer. Six years, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, maybe six years. Um, we connected at the CrossFit Games, both parked RVs there and hung out together. And he owns uh, CrossFit Crave in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And what town is that in in Ohio? Salina, Ohio. Salina. Yeah, it's good because sure. I was thinking Salina, and yeah. that's. Southern California. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and so I, the, the, we've just kind of hung out every year and I really, you know, I, I didn't know much about what he was doing other than they had a cool Philly and I followed him and he followed us. And it was just one of those things we'd, we'd exchange owner stuff and talk about uh, athlete stuff, master's athlete stuff, a master's athlete that competes at the games. Mm -hmm. And, and then two years ago I learned about, um, his efforts to have an impact on the lives of kids in the probation system within Ohio. And he runs a program while well, he and Debbie run it. And that's Debbie Wagner sitting next to him, by the way. And Debbie Wagner's the brains behind the operation. <laughs> the map. That's right. And, and Finally get some credit. And, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but their effort to bring in juveniles that are in the probation system into their CrossFit gym to do CrossFit. Mm -hmm. And he's had tremendous success over a couple year period of time. They have the lowest rate of recidivism of any uh, juvenile program. We've talked about it on our podcast before, but if any, if any juvenile uh, probation program is designed to help keep the kids off the street and keep kids out of trouble, this, this program has been far and away the most successful program. Um, and as a result, he's getting now getting significant attention within the state of Ohio to do more, including um, setting up a actual CrossFit affiliate within uh, within a prison in Ohio. Yep. Is it actually an affiliate? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yep. It, we are an official affiliate CrossFit DYS, the Wolfpack. That's awesome. The affiliate name. What's the DYS you said? Yep, Division of Youth Services. Division of Youth Services. That's yeah, awesome. and it's one of what will be multiple. So we put DYS in there at the state's request because they wanted to be able to make sure that they said, hey, the affiliate and the reason we're doing CrossFit is because of the state, because of their direction. So DYS was a, a non-negotiable there. We had to put DYS in the name and then uh, – the actual kids in the program named their affiliate name. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So they came up with the Wolfpack. The Wolfpack. Yeah. 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 I like that. And yeah. and it's in a juvenile prison. Is it? Is, is there a juvenile detention center? 
Yep. The juvenile, what is it? Is it juvenile detention or is it an actual juvenile prison? It's or is, prison. It, is there is a distinction? Yeah, there is a there's a difference. <clears throat> it's a juvenile, it's a long-term juvenile detention center. Um, so if you Google, if you look up Cuyahoga Hills, um, it's a juvenile correctional facility, just okay. like they would call an adult correctional facility. Um, so it is a, what they would call a long-term right. detention center, long-term prison um, with class uh, three and four uh, criminals, which are the the two highest uh, felony offenses they put, um, they tag to juveniles. So three and four are the, uh, you know, murders, uh, drugs. More violent. Yeah, more violent. Violent. More violent. Yeah. And when and so now that it, it you have an affiliate within there, is it? It's with. Do they have a gym, or did you have to build out a gym? Yes. Yes. So we, we toured a couple of places um, within different facilities and they chose the state chose this facility to be the startup. Okay. So they designated the space and we helped build the space from within the walls, then designing equipment, layout, things like that. So did you buy new equipment for it? Yeah. The state is purchasing the equipment for it. That's not That's our awesome. dime. We gave them the list um, so and they purchased the equipment. So they it's, it. it's basically the state's affiliate in that aspect, then, right? Yeah, I'm the LOR. So okay. because of the way for those of you that don't know, it's licensee of record, by the way. Yeah. yeah. So purposes. the way the state runs their programs and the federal government does the same thing um, is they they are hiring us to come in and run the affiliate in their door. So we're hired as call it contractors of the state of Ohio and they are paying us for the affiliation. So that's built into the contract. Um, so essentially at the end of this, there, there'll be 30 locations that will, will have affiliates inside of the walls of the prison system. Um, and they want that. And then let's call it the next three to five years. So the state is paying the affiliation and we are then operating the affiliate inside the walls. Mm -hmm. We've hired coaching staff, which I know we'll get into um, uh, through local affiliate um, owners and coaches in that Cleveland suburb of Cleveland area. That's where this, this prison is just on the edge of Cleveland, Ohio. And to, let's go back to the, to the location itself. How many pull-up bars did you put in there and squat racks? And then how many barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells did you put in there? Yep. So go ahead. So we have contracted for 15 because of the size of the room, 15, wow. 15 per class. So it'll oh, okay. be to 12, um, kids and three adults because they want the staff to have the opportunity to work out with them as well. Oh, so awesome. we're outfitting it for 15 people. That's wow. amazing. Yeah. When we were going through that process and I know we're jumping around, but we, we were concerned that we would have too many, uh, adults versus <laughs> the kids because right. the people, the prison staff, um, everyone in the facility was, they were so excited that the program was coming. They were, Hey, sign us up. Yeah. So we have to figure that out. Yeah. That's, that, I think that's cool too. That's right. Really right. Cool. You're going to look, what's well, one of the things I say about CrossFit, it will make you better at whatever you do, whether you're um, an engineer, you're an accountant, um, you're, you know, a landscaper, whether you're a doctor, a, a prison guard, a prison guard, a stay at home mom, like 
any of those things, you're going to be better at that as a result of uh, doing CrossFit. I can imagine, though, having them being a part of the class is only going to help give them you Build know, a somebody to look up to oh, and, yeah. and, and follow, follow behind. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you've got equipment and full-blown CrossFit equipment, right? You guys, are you guys uh, doing rope climbs in there? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. I like All that. Right. Keyword for you. And what about like rowers and assault bikes and that kind of stuff? Yes. We do have some of those. Not um, everything yet because the space is limited. Sure. The state actually did not know what CrossFit was other than <laughs> it works. They know it's community, yeah, yeah. that it's class-based, coach-led, and that it works. They didn't understand equipment. So in their eyes, they thought they could go get your... Old Smith machines, right? Yeah. Leg extension, hamstring right. curl. Yep. Right. And inside any correctional facility in the state of Ohio, it's been outlawed since 1993 to have free weights because free weights, um, barbells were used in a prison riot here in 1993. They used them to take go through a concrete wall. Oh, wow. uh, there was a riot and the staff locked themselves in the safe room within the facility and the inmates together took the barbells through the concrete wall. And so any three, anything free weight style had been outlawed since then. Yeah. So the state rewrote regulations to be able to have this type of equipment for the affiliate. Wow. That's a big, I just can't to like, have to jump through. Oh, just the, it's a just, huge change. Just the bureaucracy of that kind yeah. of crap. Like, right. But their go, point like, was their job is to rehabilitate, which yeah. means teach these inmates that when they come out, how to function successfully in society. So right. these, whether it's a kid or an adult, you've been in five years or 15 years, you need to know how to come out and be somewhat tech savvy. Think of how that's changed. Right. And the same thing, you're going to have access to equipment. So let's learn how to use it safely. Well, here's the other thing too, related to that. So if you're, you know, a CrossFit, especially if you're a CrossFit coach, and if you see someone picking up a barbell to bash it against the wall, you'll lose your shit. <laughs> what are you doing? You get mad for right. somebody <laughs> dropping it without weights exactly. on it. So like, like by educating them on what the power of a barbell is and then how fragile barbells can be. And then, yeah. you know, right. just you're dropping an empty barbell in a CrossFit gym is like you, you create some reverence around the, around the barbell that perhaps exactly. maybe it won't be used for crashing through concrete walls although our members admittedly have tried to crash them through concrete walls as well <laughs> well we put quite a few barbells to the wall just from the bouncing sideways <laughs> yes right. right. put it through the yeah through the, the sheetrock sheet <laughs> and the kids know that this is the inaugural affiliate yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. everyone's watching so they know that if one person abuses the equipment 14 people are going to be ready to come after them because it puts the entire affiliate yeah. in danger. That's, right. it's, that's, that's the power of a community. The yeah. accountability brings everybody accountability. 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 How, cool so how many, like you have, you said you have like 15 spaces, maybe half are, you know, inmates and half are guards, but how many, like, I guess you could say classes are you guys running in the, in the facility? Yeah. So we started um, the initial start. They're running, uh, two classes a day, twice a week. Mm. And then they have a third and we'll talk about that in a second optional day on Saturday. So right now we're in there on Mondays at nine and one and Thursdays at nine and one. And they started with 30 kids. So they identified 30, what they would call graduates. All right. So kids go into the prison, um, 
at the age of 12, 12 and 13, as young as 12 and 13, they go into this prison. They are transferred if they're in for a long duration. When they hit the age of 21, they're transferred to the adult prison. All right. So they've identified 30 kids that had finished high school in the prison system that are now graduates that are either waiting on their term to be over or for them to be transferred into the adult prison. Um, now, they do have jobs, you know, cleaning and whatnot, but it, there's a lot of downtime, mm -hmm. you can imagine, um, for these kids. It's not like the adult prison where there's a lot of downtime for them as well, um, but they do have jobs that they do. They go to every mm -hmm. single day. Um, so they pick the graduates because the rest of the members, the rest of the uh, kids that are in prison are in school. They're going actively class. to class. Mm. Um, so they're, they pick 30 um, individuals that are graduates. They'll have 15 in the morning and 15 in the afternoon, twice a week. And then we'll talk about the, the optional day on Saturday, which right. came so, up. Which so, all right. So you're going to coach classes five days a week there. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. So right now you're doing three days a week. Yeah, twice. It started with twice. 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 Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. Two so days. So like four classes essentially a week. Right? Yeah, four classes. Okay, gotcha. I'm sorry. Yep. And then they started their own class on Saturday. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's awesome, though. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> you, you look like it's a maybe awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys provide them with any of the, you know, I guess L1 material or like what is CrossFit? Like something that they can, you know, absorb outside of the classes? Great question. Yeah. We're going to get there. And that's the ultimate goal, right? That's so awesome. we're in the infancy here. We're, we're a month in right. to the program. We've been at this for the better part of a year, mm -hmm. um, developing it with the state. You know, so like anything, um, let's go to the juvenile program first, the one that we house here internally. We've had this program for now for six years going on. Yeah, six years. So everything starts with the grassroots of what happens in the new affiliate. And that word takes time. The success of that story wasn't overnight. Um, so we've been at the, the juvenile program or the prison program for a year. It was shortly after we held an event here um, that CrossFit came to, that the state of Ohio came to. They spent, the state sent 31 representatives from the state here to see the, our juvenile program. And the reason why it was successful, CrossFit came in. Shortly after that, the director of DRC, Divisions of Correction and Rehabilitation, for the adult prison system contacted us. Um, Annette Chamber Smith is her name. And she said, hey, I want to start this CrossFit thing in one of our adult prisons. Mm -hmm. So that's where we started. We started communicating. We right. actually visited Grafton State Penitentiary, which is right down the road from this Cuyahoga facility, um, 4,000 inmates total, 2,000 on one side of the road, 2,000 on the other side of the road. They had a space picked out. Everything was ready to go. Um, and then there was a new director mm -hmm. that stepped into the Division of Youth Services side that is a bull in a china shop. <laughs> and she is a sweetheart, but I would wow. not want to cross her. She stepped in and kind of overruled director Smith and said, no, you don't. 
we're starting the program, <laughs> we're taking it over and it's going to be in a juvenile correction facility first wow. um, because we need these kids to be released and not come back to prison. We don't want these kids to offend into their adult life. Yeah. So she overruled the state and wow. they came to us and said, Hey, we're changing directions. We're still going forward. We're just going to change directions. So we literally had to take six months worth of work, can it, and then restart with a new facility, new direction. Um, we're still going to go back to the adult prison, which we can talk about. In as, a second. as an affiliate owner and a coach, mm -hmm. I would have preferred to work with the adults rather than the kids. You guys have more experience though, with your yeah. program being six years old. Just because I see how challenging it has been for us over our 17 years in maintaining a consistent teen group. Yes, that wants that wants yeah. to be here, right? And I, I think back to when I was, you know, 17, 18, and we all think back then, like it was keeping us focused on any one thing, especially something that was hard work, yeah. it was difficult. I enjoyed sports and, and fitness, but I just, I did, I, I was always chasing whatever the latest, greatest thing was. I was going to say, I feel like these kids probably want to be there because, I mean, where else are they going to go if they're stuck? Well, yes and no. I don't know, Matt. Did, did, would you guys have preferred this start with adults or with, or with kids? Um, I think either. For yeah. There's positive and negatives to both. Yeah. Um, yeah. For the kids, when we went in, we actually presented it to all of the graduates and they did a sign up. And they did first come, first serve for 30 kids. Okay. So there is a wait list. Oh, wow. wow. If they don't show up every day, it's not if they miss a day, but if they start not showing up or they come in with an attitude or whatever, then you don't have to be here. This isn't mandatory. Okay. You choose to be here and we choose to let you be here yep. based on your community equality consistency of showing up because that's how we run yeah. everything. Why do, you, why do you think they want, why do you think there is a wait list and why do you think they wanted to be there? Truly. A lot of reasons. Um, first of all, <laughs> yeah. not being rude, but our coaches are female. They're boys. You've got females coming in. So that piqued the interest right away. Yep. They love fitness. So it's additional time in the gym. Yeah. And we talked to them about exactly what you said, Craig. CrossFit helps you be better at everything. Yeah. Right. So whatever your thing is. And they've noticed within the first two days, they could talk to us about, I slept so much better oh. and mm -hmm. talking about those benefits. So we may not get to mm -hmm. the nine, you know, fundamental movements of CrossFit right away, but we're getting to the benefits of CrossFit right away and talking about that every day with them and with the social worker who does their group counseling mm -hmm. there and with the staff. So the staff is already seeing a reduction in incident rates because they're too tired to fight. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other side of that too is the staff. When we talk to the staff first, um, almost every staff member there has heard of CrossFit. Maybe one out of the entire uh, right. staff of a hundred people had ever done CrossFit. So yeah. they've heard about it. Um, when we talk to the kids, we talked to the kids before we ever started. And I would say maybe a quarter less than that, an eighth of the, 40 kids that were in that room had heard of CrossFit. Right. But the staff started talking about it every day. Like, hey, when's that CrossFit program start to the kids and to yeah. other members? Mm -hmm. And then the kids started talking about it. They had no idea what CrossFit was. The kids had, most of them mm -hmm. had no clue. It had never been sure. in a CrossFit class before. That's awesome. Um, 
But back to your original question, me personally, I would have loved to start in the adult side of it. Yeah. Because adults. And I think for me, it's just like, who's going to be easiest to teach and coach? Yeah, adults. (laughs) That's that's, that's only based on my experience here. What about, tell me about your coaches that are willing to go into the, uh, you know, detention center prison to coach classes. Mm -hmm. Like, was there a waiting, was there a waiting list for that? No, (laughs) no. No, there wasn't. Yeah. Um, CrossFit Distinction um, is an affiliate that is like 1.5 miles from the facility, okay. right? And we're talking we're Cleveland, so we had we had a really good opportunity there. And and I want to give them just a huge shout out because mm-hmm. this, the the reason this is successful is because of their staff. Um, the team that that is in CrossFit Distinction stepped up right away and said, "Hey." You know, we'll we'll do it now. Had we talked to other affiliates? Absolutely. We talked to other affiliates. Um, but, you know, when we settled on CrossFit Distinction, um, they settled by letting us. Help yeah, them. they settled they by settle. letting us. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> Going into it, if you look at and I think I can talk about this. Yeah, yeah there you cool. go. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Um, if you go oh, to their cool. coaching, they got a cool logo, too. They do. Oh, they got it. I like their logo. Yeah. yeah. So. When, when we work with, as you guys know, when we work with affiliates to start a juvenile program right. inside the affiliate, or we work with an affiliate like this, um, it, it has to be, it's not about, you're not going to get rich. We know that, right? Um, it has to be about, do I want to make a change in someone's life? And if the answer is yes, then at what level? Adults? kids because kids can be much more difficult than adults mm-hmm. and the coaching staff there and I'll, um, you know, Christy, for example, um, they, she has, she's a, a former addict. So she's pulled herself out of what was hell at some point for her. And the first thing she said to the group was, Hey, how can I give back? Because I know what it's like to come out of that situation. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other ones, uh, um, Mel. Mel, yeah, sorry, Mel, one of the other two coaches that are going to be in there. Um, she's got a, she's got a felony from years and years ago. So you've got two coaches that say, Hey, I get it. I've been there. I know what it takes, but I also know what CrossFit's done in my life. And I know it can work in someone else's life. Right. Mm-hmm. Here's <clears throat> thank you to them. And thank you, CrossFit Distinction, for stepping up and doing this. Um, and, and putting your coaches out there for this. Yes. That's outstanding. The um, what what one of the things that uh, resonates with me is the is the give back. Yeah. Um, and that sense of satisfaction you get. But here's the other thing that's that's again another thing that I've said about CrossFit and why Diablo has started a, a similar program is working on getting a program up and running. Um, similar to Matt's juvenile program, is that CrossFit offers a tremendous opportunity for not only making yourself better as a human, but also then um, becoming part of a very healthy, positive mindset community. Mm-hmm. It's remarkable what happens in these CrossFit gyms. People are welcoming and friendly, literally just as a result of being part of this community. 
I've seen people go from introverts. You guys have seen it in your gym. People go from introverts. They walk in. They don't say hi to anyone. They got the head down to becoming some of the most charming, outgoing, welcoming people that we have. So you get to be part of that, right? Which is in most, I'm sure in most of these kids' lives, there's not a lot of that, yeah. if any at all. Then from there, you get an opportunity perhaps to be a CrossFit coach. What do you got to do to be a CrossFit coach? One, you got to be you know, doing CrossFit. You got to do it for a certain amount of time, maybe six months, probably a year. There's people that have done it faster than that. Then you get an L1 certification. And an L1 certification is $1,000 and it's two days. And you can be a CrossFit coach. And, uh, and if anybody thinks, well, you're not qualified to cro coach CrossFit, there's many, many coaches. Some of the best coaches in CrossFit are just L1s. Yeah. There's also a lot of people that are qualified on paper that. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, right. So, yeah, that shouldn't be coaching. Good. Uh, good point. The opposite is also true. But so now you've got a career path, a potential career path of being um, a, a CrossFit coach. Like, and, and you don't, I don't. As a people, future, there's a future too. Yeah, I don't ask people for when to when to come into coach. I don't ask, them, hey, what's your high school background? Would you get, you know, what were your yeah. grades in high school? I don't ask that question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I would look at how they move and how well they're good, how good they are relating to other people, and then how much they know about CrossFit. And then we test and we, we have them shadow and do all those things. Then the next thing from there is if you want to continue, you have an opportunity to be a business owner. You can own your own, you can start your own affiliate, and it doesn't take a lot of money to start your own affiliate. Um, and, and so now you got an opportunity. And, and again, no education required. No, no, no one gives a shit about your background. You got two coaches, one that's a former addict and one that's got a felony record that are your coaches in that program. Yeah. Um, you know, we do, I do background checks on our coaches here, any of the coaches that are going to be working with kids, mm -hmm. but, it, but those things, anytime there's something that pops up or, you know, when we've done it for everybody here, what, if something pops up, I just sit down and have a conversation with them about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it's not used to determine whether or not they could, you know, it's used to determine whether or not, you know, there's, they still have it's an issue or not. Fit, right? yeah, yeah. But, but, but so you get a chance to become a coach, uh, an owner. And then the third thing, which is more remote and I, you know, I don't necessarily promote this, but if there's a show real adeptness across it, they have a chance to become an athlete. Mm -hmm. And, and what, what other business can you like, do you have that type of opportunity that literally almost ignores where you came from? few other places like mm. that's what makes this like align so nicely for for this type of program anyway i'll stop preaching to the choir here no but um, um but that but that's kind of a cool thing i love that these coaches that you got have some desire to give back and as in and are reflecting upon their own personal experiences as part of it because that's going to make them so powerful in front of these kids so relatable yeah well tell me about your addiction i'll tell you about mine yeah that's right yeah <laughs> And that, that was one of the important pieces, you know, the community that you're talking about, the ability, what you just went through, the ability for an athlete inside the prison to do something outside of the prison in the CrossFit world. That's was probably the strongest, if you want to call it a selling point um, to the business side of it, to the state of Ohio, because programs, they have programs inside of the prison today already. They do softball, they, you know, they do right. different activities, they have all of that, but they don't have a program. It's no different than when an adult gets dropped out of prison, they get a hundred dollar bill and get the clothes they came in with and they get a ticket purchased, oh. a bus ticket purchased to go back to wherever they want to go back to. That's all of the adult prisons get. The kids, when they're released, they get less than that. They get the clothes they came in with when they were picked up and brought to the prison door. That's it. So 
what the state said is, hey, how do we find a program that will help reintegration back into society? Yeah. So we started right away saying, well, listen, why don't we work with you, the state of Ohio, um, and the local affiliate where these kids, when they get released, are going back to. So they have a home that's consistent because they just did CrossFit inside the walls that will give them a community that will support them. Um, but guess what? That costs money. So the state's like, great. At a very minimum, anyone that's released is on parole for a minimum of a year, if not longer, depending on their offense. So we will pay for their CrossFit membership to the affiliate that they wow. look up to. That's amazing. For the term that they're on parole. No different than our, that's the reason our, pro, our probation program is so mm -hmm. successful, right? That's amazing. Um, Dude, I, how, I mean, I, I, in a heartbeat, if some kid came out of a program like that with an L1, walked in here and said, hey, I'm looking for a job, I'd, they'd have, I'd give him a job almost instantaneously. Yeah. I mean, like, who, like we've first, first of all, there's there's lots of, we've we, this is one of the bigger complaints within CrossFit itself is that there's a shortage of L1s or there's right. not a shortage of L1s. There's a shortage of qualified coaches. Yeah. yeah. Right. And and a lot of affiliates don't even know how to how to find them. Right. Right. And it's something that CrossFit, you know, I know is working on creating some sort of job board, uh, centralized job board. But you, like there are a shortage of coaches mm -hmm. and there's a lot of affiliates that are for sale. Yeah, right. that, that where where affiliates are looking for someone to take it over mm -hmm. and buy it. Yeah, and this like this is like a perfect matchup of those two needs. Right. You, know, you see a need, fill a need. There's your there's your fill a need. Yeah. So for these two kids, the spectrum. Yeah. It's just like any adult. The hardest thing to do is walk through the door the first time. Yeah. Eleven years ago yeah. today, I came through the doors of this gym for the first time. Yeah. Eleven years ago. Today? Uh, today. Today. Today anniversary. Today. <laughs> oh crap. So and I tried to walk yeah, out. This is awesome. I looked at the people and I was like, oh, those abs are not airbrushed. I cannot <laughs> make it, right? But you're through the door. Yeah. And so yeah. part of the job with these kids is before they're released, mm -hmm. we find that affiliate who has the heart. Just like you guys said, how do you find the the coaches with the right heart? You go drop in there, yeah. right? We've dropped into affiliates in that Cleveland area and said, Nope, yes. Right. As soon as we were at distinction, I hate dropping in because I am the world's biggest introvert and I couldn't wait to go back and drop in again the next day. I knew these wow. guys had the heart we needed. And yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. As the kids get ready to be released six months prior to their release, we start working in their home area to find that gym to make sure the coaches are trained for these kids who are coming out who have trauma. The trauma training. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we start to integrate them. So we have, we're going to have the affiliate owner come and visit them and introduce themselves at the facility. So on the kids turf right now. Yep. And then as the kids start to have, like if they have a weekend pass, then when they have their weekend pass, they're going to come in, walk around the affiliate, see what it's like without anybody here, just the owners and maybe a couple coaches to start to break those barriers down. Yep. So it's part of that reintegration process. Um, we want to bring the affiliate in and visit and then participate in a class and work out, out with a young man so they can meet. There's a face there. They understand um, where this young man is coming to. Um, and then as they get closer to release, they mm -hmm. start to allow them to have a single weekend pass. So they can, if they, because some of these kids, you know, they're 18, they don't have a place to go back to. So they mm -hmm. got to find their parole officer and then they got to figure out where am I going to live? If I can't live at home, they got to figure all that out. Um, so then they'll go to the affiliate 
like Debbie said, and they'll participate potentially in one of their classes or meet with the owner and, and kind of go from there. So it's a, it's a complete handoff from, from inside of the affiliate walls to in the prison to inside the affiliate walls in our community. Right. Um, and that's where we see it successful. It's from one support system to another. Yep. Because a lot of them are, they're not looking forward to what they're going home to. Right. That's, that environment landed in there. We've got one of the kids since he's been there, mm -hmm. he was able to get, he got a two week release to pull his mom off of hospice. Off of life support. He wow. was the deciding factor because he was the only next of kin. Mm -hmm. Attended her service, went right back into the facility. Mm -hmm. What does he have to look forward to when he goes home? There's no family. Yeah. That's it. His mom was all he had. She's gone. If what, we don't want him in the system for the rest of his life, we have to figure out how to provide him a support system to show him you don't have to live that same way the rest of your life. You right. are capable. You have value. And here's your, here's what you need to do to go forth. That's right. When I worked with the uh, local foster, a uh, youth foster home uh, system that was our organization that was helping kids transition from out of foster care into mm -hmm. um, self-reliance because mm -hmm. once they turn 18 they're out of the foster yeah. system um, the one of the things that they said and what they came and you know did a tour and checked us out because they said the biggest issue is trust issues mm -hmm. yeah. because the, these kids get are abandoned by you know, throughout their lives, yeah. anybody that's come into their lives to help them or provide for them has literally, you know, kind of, you know, is gone within a short period of time. And so they have major trust issues right. with any, with any, with anything. And you guys are breaking that barrier down. Yeah. Trying. These well, are, yeah, go yeah. ahead. No, you go. Um, we've got a program that We've, so I started as a result of my conversation with Matt. We started uh, conversations with our county and through a judge, Superior Court judge that actually works out here, and she made the references. And so we've got what started as we thought would be a potential of six kids to come do a tour immediately. And this is the challenges that affiliates are going to face. And this is what, what I wanted to talk to you guys about and have you talk to on this podcast about is how affiliates get involved in this. For us, it's been now, I'm probably about six months. I was just going to yeah, say, about, we're six about months. six months That'd into this process months. of starting to work with. From when the, you first started talking yeah. with uh, the judge. Yeah, with the judge and the probation center. So it's six months. And we now have our first first kid. And so it was going to be six kids come to a tour with the probation officers. And they, that, that's what they said. Look, they, they're nervous. They don't want to come to a class. What they want to come to is a tour and see. And I said, okay. Mm -hmm. During a busy time or a quiet time, and they said, "Well, yeah, they want to see during a busy time. They want to see how this thing goes." So, okay, but the day of, the day of the um, the tour. So I'm excited. They're going to come, and we're going to get these six kids in. The, I get a text from the head of probation with the uh, Contra Costa County, and she said, "Look, it's only going to be one kid. The other five kids don't want to come." Mm -hmm. really? Yeah, they didn't want. They didn't have an. In, they didn't have enough of an interest. They they didn't think that the exercise was something they wanted to do. So one kid came. And he came with two probation officers and uh, just just a great just a, I mean, I, you know, I met him and he's just a really nice kid, very respectful. And it was sad. He, you know, at one point when he turned, we turned the corner, we walked down on the turf and headed down the turf. And I looked down, I noticed he had an ankle bracelet on and it just it broke my heart. Um, but he signed. So we've got him signed up. So instead of doing a class type program, 
a group of kids. We're just going to do them. We're taking them in as a private. Yeah, as, a, as a, in our private, we're going to do private sessions with That's them. Just awesome. the startup. We're going to put them through and put them through just like a regular member. We're just going to we're we're essentially going to um, wave his give him a scholarship mm-hmm. you know, to Diablo, mm-hmm. and he's excited. He starts. Think today. That's awesome. Um, so, so, and that's and that's how we're going to get started. Mm-hmm. We're going to prove it out through one kid, and then maybe it'll be two, and then maybe it'll be three, and maybe it'll be four after I, that. So. I can imagine that, like, once he goes through it and kind of gets some exposure, like you guys said, you know, he they they'll sleep better, and there's all these other you know side yeah. benefits that they, they will go through and experience. And once that word gets out, then yeah. more more will come. And the probation officers that came, you could tell they were skeptics. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They, were, they, you know, they're giving us the eye, you know. Just, and I, I, you know, we, I broke them down a little bit. They relaxed mm-hmm. a little bit by then. But you, you know, you walk in, like Debbie said, you walk into a CrossFit yeah. gym. It's intimidating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You walk in, and I told them that you're gonna walk out on the, you're gonna see, because they came at four thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's a busy and time. And there's right? twenty kids. There's twenty teens in our team class yeah. in one room, and then we had you know a gym full of like another twenty two members, you know, dropping weights and doing all that stuff, and they all look amazing. And they all look like they know what they're doing. And I said, look, you're going to see some incredibly fit people everywhere you go. They look like they know what they're doing. And that's because it works and because it's fun and they have a community here that supports them. That's right. So the parole officers came in looking skeptical, but oh, yeah. how did they look going out? They were great on good. the way out. Yeah. They were really good. And they helped us get them signed up. And that's awesome. Get them connected. His mom did the, filled out the waivers, a guardian. She did it remotely. It was great. So it's good. But the, uh, coming to that, like, so for me, I'm six months in and I've got one kid now. Mm-hmm. And Diablo is subsidizing it, mm-hmm. which we'll continue to do. I'm not granted any support from the county or the state. state. It would be welcome. But that's not going to hold me back from from doing a program like this. And my community wants to support as well. Like if yeah. I told the community, "Hey, we need we need financial support," that you, you know you know our people, <laughs> yeah, they'd be. I don't want to do that. But we're we've got enough room and capacity to be able to take care of uh, a number of these kids. But how does a how should an affiliate get started, Debbie or Matt, in in doing something like this? Where do they start? Do they just call? Go, hey, I you know I want to cross with you. You know, we so think kids come in here. I'll let I'll, I'll let I'm going to let Debbie answer that. I want to go back to. The, the start of what you did there, Craig, and I know it's it's six months and we're, we've got the first person in the door. If I remember right, it took you to reach out to the judge yes. to make that contact, right? Yes. yes. And I'm going to, you guys say this more eloquently than I can, so I'm going to screw this up. From what I hear a lot out of CrossFit, and, and it, we're in our 13th year here at CrossFit Crave, we're in a very small community. 10,000 people. Um, and we're, we're semi-successful, I would say in 13 years. Um, what I've always heard is, Hey, you really can't go after the big fish. You really can't go after institutions to talk about CrossFit. It's gotta be grassroots. It's gotta be somebody internally to go out and say, Hey, try CrossFit. And then they tell their friends and they tell their friends. And there's this, in my opinion, there's what we've learned over the last two years now running these programs, there's a misinterpretation. If you don't ask, you will never know mm-hmm. if you don't ask. And I think we've done the let's not ask. Let's just let it be driven by grassroots. And what we find is just the reverse of that. You ask the question to your judge and that's what kicked off the conversation in every sense of the questions that we've gone to counties or to whether it's federal or state and ask the question about, Hey, do you want a pro social program? 
we've been turned down one time and we've contacted 14. We've been in 14 different states, over 130 affiliates. One of two those countries. two, what's that? Two countries. Yeah, two countries. One county said, hey, yeah, we're not interested. Thanks. So what I'm trying to say that is I think from an institutionalized program, I wish six years ago, now we didn't have the data, which we have the data now, we would have been more active to say, hey, let me ask the question instead of just setting back and letting it happen organically. I know there's a lot of, hey, why don't we have CrossFit inside of schools? Well, you can't do that because, you know, that's just not the way it works. I don't, if you don't know, if you don't try, you don't know. Yeah. That makes sense. I'll let Debbie explain. I didn't say that very eloquently. It, my point is, I think there's more opportunities for CrossFit and CrossFit affiliates out there, but we're holding ourselves back because we're not willing to go after it. Yeah. We want to open our garage door and expect them to come in without us going and saying, hey, we have a garage door open, come on in. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, Craig, it's important to note, too, our program was running for four years before it never never dawned on us to say, hey, call another affiliate and show them how to do it. Yeah. It Like, how did we not think about that, right? Yeah. And in in six months, you are the first affiliate, and I can tell you this because this is what I breathe, you are the first affiliate in the state to have one person. In the state of California. From a juvenile, yes, in the state of California, one person from a juvenile probation into your affiliate for this program. You're the only one. Because you're the only one that's reached out and said, hey, what about what about so it me? It starts with one. So we started our program. And like Matt said, now we're working with over 130 affiliates. So if there's more than 130 affiliates, yeah. you can get a hold of me. I already don't sleep. So <laughs> send me an email to Debbie, D-E-B-B-I-E, at CrossFitCrave.com. Okay. That's it. Mm -hmm. The, um, it, yeah, and you, you can cut, you can contact probably Debbie on Instagram, direct message. Oh, yeah. Um, and put up, uh, that information underneath her, their name under the Matt and Debbie so that yeah. people can see it when they come back and find it on the, um, they can see it when they scroll back in the YouTube or the Facebook posts. Yeah. That's awesome. And I, and it, what I'm going to do, so that, that, Here's the other, well, the other part I want to get into because this represents an opportunity for affiliate owners other than just helping. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to talk to just, I'm getting together with Katie Hogan, who is our West Regional rep out here, and I'm going to spend some time with her talking about the program as well because that's, we need to do, we need to get more. We, we need we, more. We shouldn't be, we just need we shouldn't be the only yeah. one. Oh, no way. Right. And you, th you think about what's happening in California and, and the crime rates yes. that, that are getting out of hand here. And uh, and the impact it could have on people's lives here would be just monumental. Yeah, and it's literally just a matter of rallying the the, the affiliate owners. But talk about the um, financial, like it's it it's not a financial output on your like it's not a loss for CrossFit Crave. It's been a source of revenue, mm -hmm. a meaningful revenue, and that's not why you do it. But that's certainly, you know, if if you you know you got to get out of bed and you got to you know feed your family, pay your bills, yep. take your gym. It's in, in, and if you're not getting paid and you're doing all that work and you're helping others, eventually, you know, you're going to get burned out. 
get yeah. burned out and then you yeah. can't help provide and with any opportunities help. for right. the future kids so t- can you if you can talk about the the financial impact that it's had mm-hmm. um that you've gotten and been able to secure with the state or with the county in yep. order to help you run your programs okay so this is one of the things that we help affiliates do with the county is bridge the gap to figure this out because we got to have our lights on to be able to unlock the doors yeah. you know, to do everything um so every state has money set aside for rehabilitation for offenders juvenile adult institutionalized you know whatever what we do is we help find the verbiage and that pot of money for the affiliate so here at crossfit crave we average typically 15 um juveniles per class so our class personally runs four days a week right after school an average of 15 kids and that's based on the location of our gym in the county transportation you know other activities the kids are in things like that we help the probation staff decide which kids um are ready for crossfit meaning they aren't they're not gonna throw the barbell through the wall you know things like that yeah um and what the state does is that average of 15 times our membership is the budget. So for the affiliate owner, let's say you have 10 kids coming in your class and your rate is a hundred bucks a month. You take a hundred times 10 and that's what the bill is that goes to the County. That's what's written in their probation budget for the year. And every month you get that bill. So you're adding 10 members per month right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Now, those kids, just like you were saying, just like any member, they go home and love to talk about CrossFit, Um, how sore they are, you know, all the things. And when they go to school, they start to realize what teachers know what CrossFit is. So now they start talking to them. Then they talk to the other teachers who are listening to that conversation. Now you've got new teachers as members. You have principals. You have school resource officers. You have parents. Yeah. So you have that that base revenue coming in just off of the number of kids that you average mm-hmm. that's that's non-negotiable and that is recession proof so even when we were shut down because of covid we did zoom workouts they sucked but we did them and that revenue kept coming in for the gym yeah. day in day out day I over never missed a, a monthly payment mm-hmm. through that process in the time frame, you said, you know, your program, you've got one individual coming in and it's taken six months. What we find is a lot of this is we're introducing mid-year, mid-fiscal year for the state. And, and remember, we're dealing with a different entity. It's not mom and dad or it's not you with a checkbook saying, hey, I'm just going to start my membership, start it today. Yeah. We're working through a government agency that says, well, hey, I've, I'm budgeted. All my, like Craig in your instance, all of my funding is budgeted for the year. Okay, great. How do we, one, interrupt that budget? Can we do that? Which we've had success doing that. How do we find other entities outside of the probation dollars to pay for it? We've got a, an affiliate that received a $25,000 check for yeah. the year through their local mental health rehabilitation group, completely separate than juvenile probation. Yeah. Um, and then, then that ticker starts. Well, did they say, Hey, you know what? We can start a program, but we can't pay for it until we budget it. And that won't happen until January. Right. Okay, great. Is the affiliate willing to do that? Yes or no? If no, no problem. We'll continue to work to make sure the funding's there. 
Yeah, let's find a grant. Let's find a grant that can bridge the gap. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. And then they find the success. So the the affiliate that ran with the mental health board, they started. I think they budgeted eight for the first year. Their news station, local news, just did a story on them mid May. Their one year anniversary of the program. Eight kids graduating. Twenty five starting. Yeah. They jumped from eight to twenty five because of the success of eight kids in one year. Yeah. So think about what that does to your and your your monthly revenue. Right. At that point. And, I know and, it's not about and what, and what no, but what time of day are they coming in to? They come in about a half an hour after school's out. Yeah, which is a low traffic time and right. Typically. Right. So it's the second affiliate owner's dream. Right. Mm-hmm. You're you first of all, you're helping. You're saving lives, saving, literally saving lives yeah. of, of young people that are going to have an impact on other people. Like this is going to carry over for many, many years, right? Mm-hmm. Cause they're going to remember this experience and, and see how important fitness is in their lives and change their lives. So you're going to like, it's going to, it's exponential help, mm-hmm. right? Over many generations. Then you get paid for it. Right. So you're getting revenue to the gym and now you're filling a gap at a time of the day when the gym's really not being used. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the fourth benefit is they're going home and they're telling everybody else about it. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. And yeah. the whole thing's just freaking yeah. amazing. Yeah. 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 It does require work. It requires some admin and like you got to hump and but it's like for me, it's like I, sp- I spend an hour uh, the, you know, I spend Matt's probably going to Debbie and Matt are going to get mad at me, but I spend me an hour a week, right. Kind of focusing on this, seeing what my next steps are, yeah. right. Like sure. combined an, an hour of concentration. Yeah. I got an hour a week. Yeah. yeah. If I spent more, I could probably, you know, be more persistent with certain people within the organization. There is a fine line. I'm sure Debbie knows what that is. of like being a, pain, <laughs> being, a pain, being a pain in the ass with a county tour. You piss them off so much. They don't want to do it. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, there's a, and, and then being just the right amount of it. <laughs> right. Of, a sweet spot of pressure. Yeah. There's a sweet spot there. I'm right. trying not to be that guy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. On either end of that. So, yeah. And if you think about when's the last time, how much work did you have to put in to go recruit your last 25 new members? All right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is so cool. I mean, I, I get excited about it. And then I wonder why the hell did CrossFit <laughs> abandon their support for this project? Let's keep it positive. CrossFit's working on other things. And, and so yeah. we'll, we'll let them do that. And this provides more opportunity for you guys, right? Yeah. Like, more opportunity. For these you, guys. You've yeah. been. Yeah leading this whole effort i mean some amazing stuff and Save, it, and literally saving lives no yeah, matt, and matt and debbie have never once asked me for anything to do it so no, I'm, no. I'm so so i'm putting them on a podcast is yeah. kind of like to offset any payment i might might owe them I remember <laughs> that yeah that's right it's no different you know i see dale in in the notes it's no different than what dale dale's doing dale king's doing yes you know, his program the addictive services it, yes if you don't ask you'll never know so why not? Right. I'd rather I'd rather get a no than have a question mark. As he literally, he literally, Dale point. King literally has his affiliate set up in, a, in an addiction center, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Yep. yep. So, and if he never asked, if he never put himself out there, he would have never known, nor would we have. Uh-huh. Yeah. So let's beat the stereotype of, ah, uh, we can't go after institutions. Uh, and I would call a state or federal government institution. No. Why, if you don't ask, you don't know. I, you know, it, 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 it's we've been at this for CrossFit's been in it, you know, almost 12, probably 20 years now. And a lot yeah. of most, most affiliates, you know, the I think the average age of affiliate now is probably somewhere near 10, 10 years. Yeah. Uh, and people just get 
you know, they, we all know the benefits of CrossFit. We just, we're, we're religious about it, you know, but we tell, we can only tell our family and friends so many times before they get tired of us. And we start to think, well, maybe we start to have self doubts mm -hmm. about, well, you know, can people do this? Is it really the best methodology? Is it, you know, no, I don't, I don't see, I'm not seeing people breaking down my doors to come in here. You got to continue to sell this. Like you have to, and, and it, and and you have to have faith. This does. This, this is working. This does change people's lives. It is yeah. happening, yeah. Um, and you got to be persistent about it. Yeah, you got to stay on it. You got to keep your. You can't let. Like, this is one of the things I tell affiliate owners. So how you been successful over seventeen years? But I still don't take my foot off the gas. Mm. Like I just, I never. There's no coasting available. There's no coasting. But that's what I think that's with any small business. Yeah. But especially yeah. with CrossFit teams, you can't take your foot off the gas. And with a program like this, you can't take your foot off the gas. And right. you will change lives. And it'll start to build momentum. And pretty soon you'll be like, Matt, Debbie, where you've got, you know, 15, 20 kids coming in five days a week into their gym. And then you got the state begging you to set up a program within the prison system. Yeah. It's probably going to, it's, it's, you know, there's times when I talk to Matt and he sounds like he's almost overwhelmed with the amount of stuff that this, they've got to deliver for the state of Ohio and what the potential is. You know, weren't they? They were talking about their prison system. They're talking about CHP. They were talking about like, it's crazy, and it'll start to multiply because what happens? Mm -hmm. You get all these people to get that you know crazy CrossFit cult religion. That's yeah. right. And then all of a sudden they're like, holy crap! Once you know, everybody tastes the Kool Aid. Yeah, once they taste Kool Aid, and once and then for them, it's once they see the results. Yeah. When they start seeing the results and seeing what these kids are doing and what these adults are doing with it and how it's changing their lives, it's going to be, yeah. and I, and that's why we can't stop. Like yeah. I know we're twenty years into this affiliate owners and people doing crossfit i know we're 20 years in we've got another 20. Okay. yeah we got another 20. Oh, yeah. we, we, we got to keep our foot on the gas and after that the end of that we'll probably got another 20 after that mm -hmm. yeah and it, don you're absolutely right i think don mentioned this don powell said this at some point um their goal of by 2030 is to have you know x amount of 30 million um, yeah people inside of an affiliate right so how do you do that how do you grow affiliates how do you grow the members inside of your affiliate yeah. Here's a program that will help that. Yeah. And then how do you grow affiliates? You add more members into your program. And gosh, we've got a program that will help you add. So does Dale King. And it, it takes one person. And I think we all know that. It takes that. The first time mm -hmm. you walked into a CrossFit affiliate, it takes one person. Now, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Coach Chrissy um, as, we, as we finish up here. One of the young men inside of the, inside of the walls of the prison, we've been in there a month now, right? Last week coming out of it, he was like, Hey, can I, can I do a class on Saturday? Come up to coach Chrissy and I, and we're like, yeah, here's a young man that is an inner city kid, Youngstown, one of the poorest communities in the state of Ohio with the highest crime rate. Okay. This young man's been in prison for three years. He's been shot multiple times and lost two of his best friends from that same shooting. Okay. Oh, wow. He gets out in October, right? Kids got nothing to go back to. Very quiet. Came up to class, moves really well, and listens. Came up and said, hey, you know, guys, can I run a class on Saturday? So Coach Christie stepped in. Absolutely. We wrote up on the whiteboard, here's your workout. Walking out of it going, eh, we'll see. Now, remember, on Saturday, realistically, this is a voluntary program for these kids. Mm -hmm. They can show up or not. Okay, they're not, it's not, man, they're already in prison. What are they going to do? Throw them in prison? <laughs> so they can show up or not. Right. On Saturday, this kid organized himself and 10 other inmates to do a workout that we helped him develop completely on his own with no direction.
from a single individual inside of that state prison. Okay. The superintendents like that has never happened organically through a single program. He's been in the prison system for 32 years. And here's a kid that gets released in October that stepped up, that has a really rough background that says, hey, it starts with me. Can I do this? And that that's what this is all about at yeah. the end of the day. Makes it all worth it. So what a great did you, like, i didn't even have to i didn't have to prompt you to to, to bring up that story to end this whole thing like yeah it's almost emotional That's amazing he's like literally like that might be the best like sign off yeah. story we've ever had in like 36 <laughs> podcasts <laughs> that is freaking awesome like I get chills thinking about yeah. that. This and that's what that's what we want. And you, every single affiliate owner, one hundred percent affiliate owners, will res that story will resonate with them. One hundred percent affiliate owners, that story will resonate. All right, cool, man. Great story. So your contact information's on here. We'll mm -hmm. put it in the notes for the podcast as well. You guys are awesome, and thank you. I know you guys have been through a lot. Um, Oh, especially over the last uh, two months with respect to uh, your relationship with CrossFit. And I admire that you're continuing to motor on and and uh, and help and support other affiliates in setting these programs up and uh, continuing to provide an, an incredible resource yeah. uh, in the state of Ohio as well. So just for the future of the kids and, hats off. and everything. Yeah, it's just it's amazing. So uh, you're a... Uh, you guys are kind of a that that you guys are that uh, north star that uh, Nicole mm -hmm. Carroll talks about. You're yeah. you're one of those. You're right there, man. Yeah, and it's uh it's it, it's inspirational. It's inspired me to to start a program, and and I'm and I what I'm going to commit to you is I'm going to bring you other affiliates in the state of California. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to deliver those to you. Awesome. And thank uh, you for you guys. What you guys do. Yeah. Right on. Thank you um, for coming on and sharing sure. everything. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. insightful. Right. Thanks, um, that's uh, that's it, guys. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in and listening to our to our podcast. Till next time. Yep. <laughs>